Kami's interview aims to inspire and motivate the youth of today for the days of tomorrow. Okay, a uh, very good day, one and all. Um, this has been recorded on the leap year, February the 29th, the leap year. Um, so, happy leap day to you all, to all you parents and kids out there. Um, Educamus, the idea behind Educamus interview is to inspire, motivate, enlighten and educate youngsters of the future for the days of tomorrow. And I have got on people, a couple of people, a very good friend of mine from childhood, um, but who I believe, yeah, a real vested interest in this one because I don't think there's anything more inspiring in West Central Scotland, especially from my experience than people who lead the sober life. And that's precisely what these two wonderful ladies have done. So it's Leanna Harkins, my childhood friend. I actually used to live in the street where we're recording it. And Kirsty Mulcahy. Kirsty, lovely to meet you today. So, hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. You're very, very welcome. As I said, that was very that was very heartfelt what I said there. I've been watching with interest about what you guys are doing with Sober Buzz School. So I, sh- I should say that Leanna Harkins and uh, Kirsty have started a project called Sober Buzz Scotland, which we're going to hear all about. Um... But bearing in mind that my target market um, are youngsters, um, the one thing that can really, really get you off track in life is drinking drugs. I don't think there's any any denying that whatsoever. Um, and the Sober by Scotland thing, I was just saying before we came on here, is uh, you know almost a revolutionary, in my opinion. Can you tell us a little bit, first of all, about how you two got to know one another? Have you known each other from... From back in the day? <clears throat> um, so, Kirsty and I met through a sober event through in Edinburgh um, in May last year. Yep. Um, so, there's another um, Instagram page called Sober AF Edinburgh. They were doing a meet up last May and I went through and Kirsty was part of the group um, and still is. And that's how we met and we just hit it off straight away. Um, I, I should say, just for the purposes of the, the interviews we're going forward, I mean, from my personal experience, so from from a drinking point of view, I mean, God knows I've done a... I mean, I, I really do say... I'm not, I'm not saying this to make excuses. You don't make excuses for your performance, but a lot of people in West Central Scotland, as I said before we came on, you're never far away from people that might consider themselves problem drinkers, whatever. I certainly have had my issues uh, over the years, I would say, definitely. How would you define... What made you decide that? What made both of you decide to... Because I should say you've been off the drink now for how long? <clears throat> so... I've been sober now for um, 26 months, I think, mm-hmm. so just over two years. And when I got sober, I kept quiet about it for six months. Um, and then I posted on my own Instagram page that I was six months sober. And nobody could believe it because I was a party girl, a big party girl. And a few friends got in touch to ask me how I'd done it. And a long story short, we set up Sober AF Edinburgh more along the lines of just offering inspiration to people and talking about what it was like to be sober. There's five of us that run that page. It's, I don't do as much now, I must say. It's more handed over to the other girls. Um, and then, like Leanna just said, she came to one of our events and we hit it off right away. And we both knew, we were both so passionate about how different our lives were since getting sober, how much better they were, how much more fun and technicolor and we just knew we wanted to do something yeah and liana had started sober buzz already but it was sober buzz glasgow at that point um i am now a trained life coach liana's a life coach and we just we we were we just hit off so it was liana's like a best friend to me now yeah um 
God knows what it would have been like if we'd met when we were both still on it. <laughs> um, I think that would have been an absolute carnage. But um, so we just knew. It was just, it just felt so right yeah. eh, to work together. Uh-huh. Did you so did you grow up, did you t- uh, jump about Glasgow? Did you grow up in Glasgow? I'm from Edinburgh, but Edinburgh. I used to come through, I'm quite a bit older than Liana. Um, I used to come <laughs> through quite a bit, because um, I'm a massive, still am, really love techno, I really love that scene. Um, so are you still that's what I was about to say sub club did you go to sub club I did yeah yeah did you but what a nightclub so you still engage with that scene yes just on a sober basis yes I don't go out as much as I used to but I, I do go clubbing yeah I do but I, I make sure I go with somebody else that's sober I have been with people that are still on it and it was absolutely hellish <laughs> um, I had a really bad experience of that in London but I've got a friend in Edinburgh who doesn't drink either or take any drugs anymore and yeah I still I still love that scene and I love it more now, probably, because I remember the DJs that are on, I remember the songs that were played, the tunes that were played, what sets the set lists were. Um, I am 43, so I'm probably getting a bit on for, for reading. <laughs> Not at all. 43 is the new 33. Standing up the back like the CID. Um, <laughs> so I still like that. I don't, I don't do it as much as I did before, because previously when I'd done it, I'd done it to get wasted. Yeah, I done it to go out and have that. You know what what came with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I wait and I see that that DJ. I really like them. I'm going to go and see them. So I do keep my hand in that. Right, and Liana, what about you? Um, so I have been sober for over a year now, just over a year. Um, and I would say that I was, and I think Kirsty would as well. We were both um in the kind of grey area of drinking. So, um, I. You know, and I think that's what I struggled with in the beginning as well. That's why it took me, I would say, I kind of thought about sobriety ever seen my brother, Sean, as you know, um, since he was sober, he was the one that kind of inspired me and got me thinking about it. And then, um, but that was also a stumbling block for me because I felt like I had to, like, I had to be an alcoholic to stop drinking. Um, and that's why it took me so long to give it up in the end because I was just comparing myself <laughs> against people and... I think, you know, when you're in the grey area, um, one of the things is that you're drinking and what you're doing looks like everybody else's. So, you know, I was nowhere near a rock bottom. Um, nobody was telling me that I should stop drinking, like, apart from Sean, yep. who, you know, he could see that, he was the only one that could see that I would be happier without it. Um, but everyone else told me that I was fine and that I was being hard to myself. And um, probably that was being a bit dramatic. But I just kind of knew deep down that it wasn't making me happy anymore. Um, can, I, can I add to that, uh-huh. actually? Um, I would say pretty much the same for me. My friends would say to me, oh, you, you know, you don't need to stop. Um, you just you just feel hungover. You'll be fine the next time. Or they would say, just don't drink as much. But then they were, you know, I'm not blaming MD apart from myself for how much I drank. But they were actively encouraging how much I drank. You know, have another one. You're a great laugh. You're, you're the life and soul. Um, and I... Even when I was in a relationship, I'm not in that relationship anymore. Even he would say to me, you know, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. But my mental health was absolutely shot. I mean, mm-hmm. it was so bad that um, I was paranoid, um, really bad anxiety. Um, I had an extremely busy job. Um, I had a job, I had a corporate role for 14 years and I'd done my job well, but I was coming home at night and I, I was I had no self-confidence. Um, I was drinking for all the wrong reasons, you know, rather than, oh, let's celebrate. It was like, oh my God, it's a bad day, let's drink. Oh, you know, um, I'm stressed, let's drink. And it was just... It was a good day, let's just uh-huh. drink. If the day ended in a Y, yeah, I drank. Yeah. So um, I tell 
the story that I remember one day coming home and walking right past my daughter's bedroom. I'd been at work. I must have got home about seven o'clock. So she'd been in for hours on her own. She was probably 14 at the time. I walked right past her bed. My coat wasn't even off. I poured a wine. I threw that back, poured another one, lit a cigarette. I thought, I haven't even checked on that beer. Yeah. Because all I could think about was getting this, this wine because in my head, I deserved it. Because to me, because I was so brainwashed as well by this whole wine o'clock culture. You deserve a wine. You've got a hard life. Now that I've been sober this long, I think, what a load of nonsense. What I deserved was rest, relaxation, a time to think about my thoughts, to journal, all the rest of it. But back then, I would have been like, oh, you're nuts. I just need a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think from a, se- a kind of almost, for want of a better word, selfish point of view, I mean, obviously, as I said, I mean, I I mean, I drink a lot. But no, I don't now. I don't, I now I don't. I think I basically addressed it in a different way whereby... I've got you saved during the day with Tony Hale, so we that's my ninety five, which is a, a get a bit of a high pressure job, and then I go and tutor at night. So I could I could put I could go and get other English tutors to do the English tuition. I like to do that because then that keeps you, you know, it keeps you awake. So see during the week I don't drink during the week now. So like mon- Monday to Friday I'm working you saved and then I'm doing three hours tutoring at night. So I get home back up the road at nine o'clock at night. But I was thinking about last night and was preparing and thinking about you coming over. I think I've done that subconsciously to keep away to keep to keep away from because we see midweek drinking do you ever do you ever miss your did you ever miss your work you're making me oh, laugh because you're saying you're in at nine o'clock there's three hours drinking left in that day <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true i was i was in a fortunate position where latterly at my old job which i, I got redundancy from i was a manager so right. i could phone up and say i'm coming in at 10 o'clock this morning or i'm you know and, and work up at the end of my shift or whatever a hundred percent of my work was affected, as in they weren't getting, you know, they weren't getting the full me in the morning. They were, you know, I was I was more worried about, you know, how I felt, you know, tired, hungover. Um, there was days I'd phone up and take emergency holidays, definitely. Yeah. I would say more so for me in my, like, early 20s. I miss mm. not, like, would miss work. But I think after, like, towards the end, like, kind of mid to late 20s, um, I would start. I would always make my work, but yeah. I would just be hanging the gun. I see. I just get, It's a horrific feeling. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And I think what's interesting hearing Leanna say that on the back of what I've just said is, I think that goes to show you that it's all affecting us all very differently. Yeah. So Leanna and I would say that we play the same issues with the drinking, where mm-hmm. anxiety. Um, I was on anxiety medication for over um, twenty years, and with the help of my doctor, I didn't take any tablets at all. I'm on zero tablets. Really? Um, Good to hear. Because. It was the alcohol that caused me the, the, the depression, yeah. the anxiety. Well, because it's a depressant, we uh-huh, should say. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then, so when Liana meet, we do sober events now, we meet lots of different people, and everybody's experiences are are, are, are different, whether it's like, you know, I, um, I missed work in my 20s, I missed work in my 30s, my 40s, whatever. It all comes from the same thing. It's the fear, the anxiety, the no thinking you're good enough, the mm-hmm. being unable to, like you say, finish things, you know. It, it just seems bonkers to me now that, that we're that people think to relax or well-being involves getting drunk because it just it just is so bad. I I, I think something concerning. Um, I, um, I, I was about to say there because I've still got my ear to the street. That was like, oh, that's, that's <laughs> more cringy than what's coming. Ear to the street's a Dr. Dre lyric. <laughs> wow. Um, but I because, but the, the big thing now as well is the cocaine thing. Uh-huh. It's an epi- I was saying to you before we come on here, I don't know if a lot of people know this, 
Remember it's education with an edge, parents, if you're sitting here listening going, this tuition company's talking about cocaine, but <laughs> I think we need to get real on this, and we need to get real on the fact that Scotland, per head of population, takes the most cocaine in the world. Which, we've always had quite addictive personalities. Glasgow, for example, is always, you know, you talk about the Glasgow effect, uh, which societal studies have been done, you know, the murder rates just come down recently, which is something to be proud of at last. But alcoholics, and now cocaine as well, obviously. Um that's throw that into the mix and all that see that staying up for days and the mm-hmm. days in the truck and then that can't be can't be good for you no and, and everybody's doing it absolutely everybody's doing it and well it's just as normal as drinking as drinking yeah. I, I remember yeah, speaking to a gentleman but in my old job who it was in his 50s and i was doing a one-to-one with him and i was saying how are you and he was like i'm fine i'm fine um and, and he knew i was off the drink and off the coke because i took coke at the weekends and he knew i was off all that and he says, Ken, what Christy? He says, there's boys my age now in the pub buying coke in their 50s. And yeah. says, they've never done it in their life before. He says, but they're buying it off the young team. <laughs> and, and then I remember all these Tory MPs coming out saying they were doing it. I'm like, well, yeah. there's nobody that's not doing it. Can you, it's, it's hard to find somebody these days in the scenes that I'm in or the scenes that we've been in uh-huh. that hasn't touched it. And it's an aggressive thing. It took all the dancing out the dance floor, Ken. It's, it's not a happy thing. No, that's staying up. Thing. Do you think you can have a, a committed relationship with drinking drugs and it ends well, or that you're okay. What like, like, care, like into, no, just Jen. Like no, I think that. Um, see, you, you know, drank. Th- see, you drank all weekend. Even as you're getting older, drank all weekend and still did a bit, bit of drugs. I think it eventually gets you in the end. Yes, I, I, I'm going to say yes. I'm quite a preacher now when it comes to my sobriety <laughs> because. Um, I still know people that are in, in that scene and I hear them talk about, not not so much close friends, but people that I know through association and I hear them talking about um, their mental health or I hear them talking about um, issues in their relationships or issues at work and they're, they're, they're not talking about the big white elephant in the room, the fact that they are on the gear at the weekend, they are drinking, why are they feeling ill until Wednesday? I know that you know this as well and yeah. I think I think it is a huge societal problem. It is. I, I, I can't disagree. The amount of things I've lost with alcohol and drugs is astounding. Mm-hmm. You could be at Christmas. I mean too. Um, so, and you kind of, yeah, and you maybe you kind of make excuses for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything from, the. I mean, I'm no exaggerating when I say I've lost... That's why I ended up having a lot for myself, I think. Can I sack myself? But um, <laughs> I'm like, good, good. 20, 30 jobs. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. And it's all because, but then it was only until, because I'm, I'm only now on board with my drink and so on. Only now. Um, or, or getting there still with the odd blip. But it's that I can sit and go like that. Aye, that was what the issue was. I've got you a, know. I've yeah. got a huge... I'm very lucky. I've got a very, very good social circle. An amazing social circle. Lots of sober friends. I have only got one friend. Um, I know she won't mind me saying it, Jo. And she's the only person I know that can... Um, what's the word? Moderate. Mm-hmm. Like, like I know. Yeah. Jo can have one glass of wine with dinner when she's out with me and then she'll just go into whatever I'm drinking and sober. I don't even folk that can moderate. See, but I'm just going to have one. Who has one? No, no. You know, and it's not like they have two. They have one and then have ten. Mm-hmm. There's no very many, not in my social scene or my social circle or the circles that we mixed in, that, that people that can moderate. I, 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 to me, moderation's as elusive as an elusive thing. A lot less <laughs> <laughs> Very good, you got there. Elusive is a lot less <laughs> Do you know, I think I think that's a total. And folk will go, oh, I'm just going out for one. I'm just going out for. I just don't know that that, that goes on. Mm-hmm. Now, Liana, we aim. Uh, this is it. This is the moment. So we obviously used to. We've been childhood friends. We grew up in this street, uh-huh. and then um, we obviously hung about for a good bit in the town. 
best nightclub I've ever been to by a distance. And your dad? Was your, your dad? Had it? Was it your dad? For a wee while, It was around about the time we were going. We Optimo. Yeah. Optimo. Best DJs <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Um, hoping to get one, hoping to get one of them on. But when we were cutting about, and I used to call you, Liana, the queen of the scene. <laughs> the queen of the scene. And that's what I'll be calling her from now on. <laughs> and then, but, because, and, and then whenever, like, whenever, like, I'd see Liana, but we still kind of move in different circles. I think Liana was a bit cooler than me, she was just, and, I, and then, but every time I'd see her, and she'd go, go on, you know, go on, you know, say that. And then when I was thinking, definitely, and then, don't say that. and then when I and then when I was when I was thinking about it, I was brushing my teeth today, and I was literally brushing my teeth this morning. I thought about it, and I just went, "Oh, I, like, I can't believe I used to say that." But the reason why I bring up Queen of the Scene, and that's the last time it's getting mentioned ever. No, it's not. Is was there a moment? Was there a moment? But you kind of touched on it, but was there a moment where you thought? Uh, so it was obviously Sean, but was there any? Any moments you look back and you think, holy shit, I'm glad I made this decision? Um, <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few, but I think for me what happened was everything was great. I, I had a good time in my 20s, right? I'm not going to stand and say that mm. I didn't have any good times because I did. Um, and I always just assumed that when I became a mum, I would naturally slow down. I would get a stop button. Everything would just fall into place. Um and then I had kids and I realised it doesn't quite work like that. So um, like the thing that was concerning me the most is what was happening when I was going out with my friends because it was like I just reverted back to what I was like in my yeah. 20s. So um, but it was horrible and I hated it. Um, but it just kept happening and it wasn't happening. I mean, once I had kids, I wasn't getting out that much at all. I mean, it was like three or four times a year, really. That's, like, how often it was happening. But it might... Is, I mean, I thought about those times all the time because I had a lot of guilt and shame about it because, you know, as a mum, going out, then, like, getting really drunk, taking coke, then staying out a lot later than I was meant to, like, and then blacking out towards the end, I blacked out a lot, and which would mean I was uncontactable. You know, if something happened to my kids, no one would be able to get a hold of me. And I think, you know, people think that blackouts are normal, but they're actually not. Yeah. Like, blackouts are a major sign that you are. If you're blacking out all the time, that's that's a problem. And that's a, that's a red flag. Um, so, they're horrible, isn't uh-huh. it? Well, and then, like, blackouts, then you've got the fear even more, more so than you would have. And you um, just make up that time that you can't remember. So uh-huh. you just... Cause but, you, uh, sorry, Nicole, so no, it was it was that it was just that um, like in the end, I could it just wasn't worth it. That's basically what it came down to. It wasn't worth it anymore. I wasn't enjoying it. Um, I had like long breaks from drinking. Like I think this is the fourth time that I've stopped like since having kids. But this time was completely different. It just kind of stuck this time, and I think it's because I really accepted the truth about what was happening and. You know, I'll, I like have always found it really easy to stop drinking, but I found it hard to stay stopped yep. because I wasn't like a stereotypical alcoholic. I was nowhere near a rock, rock bottom. So I always, you know, would go back to like thinking, I'm totally fine. Like, I've stopped for this length of time. Like I can stop really easy, like really easily. This is like, I don't have a problem. Um, but then when I went back to it, I would be fine for a while. And then the, those blowouts would always happen. So that's what I had to accept, is that as long as I drink at all, the blowouts will happen. And I just didn't want to be that person anymore. No, I mean, I'm just thinking about all the things, all the negatives. I mean, obviously, I know, listen, 
there's all, well, we're going to come on to this, but the, we're going over the negatives, I suppose. But the money you, the money you waste, the blackouts, mm. the fear. I've only recently, I only recently started getting that. I never used to get anything up until the last three, four years. Any, I never used to get anything. Uh-huh. Hangovers, I was good to go. But see now that recovering, taking to Wednesday to recover, money lost, the fear. No, isn't it? Is it? No. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's definitely. Not. But let's come on to the let's come on to the now. Let's play devil's advocate. Mhm. Do you obviously you do you no but do you miss anything about it? I had um, the most incredible early twenties and late teens. I was lucky enough to live abroad, travel with sound systems. I've always really been into the music scene. There's times I would never ever want to say that never happened. You know, they were really really great times. Um, I didn't miss it, but I I, I didn't regret all of it. I regret latterly, maybe the last eight, nine years of it, there's times, you know, I thought I should have maybe stopped long before now. But oh my good goodness, I, I had some great times in my, in my 20s, but then I didn't have any understanding and responsibility then. My parents probably went through absolute hell because I was, you know, I wasn't thinking about them when they were seeing yeah. me coming in what state or going abroad on my own and all the rest of it. So I can sit and say, and I'm, I'm very aware who your audience is, so I can sit and say to you, my 20s were great. But as a parent now, my mum and dad must have been absolutely through the roof with worry. I've lost my mum now. My mum's not here any longer. Um, and she never got to see me sober. Yeah. Not that she would have, no, I mean, not that she would have thought that I was a raging alcoholic, but she would have loved to have seen me be more sensible. Yeah. Um, so on one hand, I'll say to you, there was times that I absolutely loved now that I'm a parent and I'm much more aware of my friends, my family, all the rest of it. It must have been an absolute hellish time for my, for my folks. And as a parent, I hope to God my parent doesn't put me through that. There's a lot of really fantastic points being made, but that for me, that's a great point for me personally, because I kind of I've got slight regrets with people close to me. You know, again, I was nearly like a pure, but I, I, did, I certainly did in my moments, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I'm 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 happier from that point of view that I'm not as mm-hmm. out my nut all the time. Uh-huh. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm still not hundred percent or whatever, but I don't go away for days anymore. I can't, you know, I've got you know. But I think that's a great point, just the people around you, I suppose. Because yep. um, I did, I put my, my mum and dad through hell as well, I don't mean. I think they'll get, she'll get a wee cuddle after this now. <laughs> It'll be a wee moment with me and my mother. Um, and that, the, the thing is, like, for me is that I didn't. Like, I, d- I don't think that I had it. Like, in a way that, like, it wasn't that, um, not that it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't that obvious. Maybe I just hid it well, but I don't think anyone was worried about me. Yeah. So this is like what I mean about this grey area as well, where, um, yeah, it does look like what I'm, what I was doing looks completely like exactly like everybody else around me, but it was how it was making me feel, and I think that's a thing to look out for is like how is this actually affecting you? Um, like I know that I have friends that we would go out in the same night, do the same thing, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't be, like as affected as me the next day. They would be. But well, they could say, yeah, that was worth it. I had a good night. Whereas I'd be like, oh my God. I Our like... negatives laterally completely outweighed uh-huh. any positive that was in that situation. Yeah. Now that I've stopped, though, I don't miss it at all. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't miss it at all. That's amazing. Uh-huh. There's, There's no... nothing that alcohol... Alcohol can bring nothing to my life that I can't bring to it already. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's no way in the world. Eh? We joke about it. Eh? We do joke that, you know, there's... There's just nothing eh, that... It just, to me now that I've had in. a year of, like, not drinking, it just seems like a completely pointless thing for me yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I understand why people do it, but, like, for me, 
it's just something I think maybe I'm just partied out to be Would honest you? as well. I, I think I just out well, you've, it. you've been there, done it. You've, uh-huh. you've done it all. I mean see the amount of nights out that I had, I think like I've had my fair share parties. Uh, you've, no, you've no missed then? No, I not think missed I, anything at all. I think I could probably be a bit more I would say that and, and you know this because I've said this to you before, that being in control like I have been for the last two and a bit years is the most incredible thing ever it's priceless you know this not not worrying about losing control anymore um i don't care why anybody would want to drink to lose control like i can't understand and i know i've done it i've done it for long enough but to me the most exciting thing about my life now is i am 100 percent in control of what i do with every decision that i make yep. um with my money with my health with when i go home um mm-hmm. who i hang out with all this yep. i mean yep. it is such a powerful thing for me to be able to say i am 100 percent in control of my life as I say, a lot of really, really good points, especially for younger listeners. This is a, a, a real eye-opener because it's, it's the realisation. Is I think two points from what you were saying. I think if you're drinking, something you touched on earlier, Rizal, Kirsty, if you're drinking to be the set, to be the centre of or not the centre of attention, to be the part, you know, to be the, the life and soul, if you're doing that, that's not good. That's no... Because I've done that for years. Uh-huh. There's no point in that. If you're doing it to entertain other people, there's no point. But also, see the thing about no missing out in it. I used to be terrified mm-hmm. of missing out. Yeah. See, like a night, an optimal night on a Sunday. I, it got to a point that optimal was a priority over your work on a Monday. Uh-huh. That's not I conducive think, to you. Like, what we do now as well is we, well, we still go out, but what we'll do now is, like, I'll leave when everyone's starting to get, like, quite drunk. I'll leave and I'm happy to leave at that point because I know that that's probably the point I'd be going into a blackout anyway, so I'm not missing out on anything anymore. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably the part of the night that would have been hazy or I might not have remembered it at all. Um, but I think, like, for young people, like, a thing um, that I think about now a lot is, you know, you're an awkward teenager you're introduced to alcohol and you're like, right, this is amazing. This is like this confidence that I'm getting now. And you feel like it helps you be who you're meant to be. And then you drink from that moment on in social situations, like probably like us, we've probably all drank in social situations, like from that moment on through our teenage life, through our 20s. To then it's like, you feel like you can't socialise without it. Yeah, definitely. So it's like... Are you dependent on alcohol to have a good time? Like we were talking about this on the way in, like how many times and how often you hear people say that they won't go to things because they can't drink. Yeah. Like if it's too far it's away. Often it's common, yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, it's just too far go. away, I can't get a taxi or you home. Get nervous, or, and you get nervous as well. Uh-huh, like the social anxiety thing. Yeah. But I remember when I was thinking about stopping drinking and I was speaking to my brother about it all the yeah. time. Um, and that was one thing I said to him was... Like, what about, you know, what about my social anxiety? What, like, I kind of, you know, I need, I feel like I need a drink to manage my social yeah. anxiety. And he said to me, that goes away. And I was like, oh, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I believe that, but it does. Mm. It, it goes away. Like, I don't really, like, anxiety is a normal thing. Everybody experiences anxiety. Yep. Like, for example, I went to a sober wedding last year. Um, we were sitting at a table, not like nobody knew each other. And it was like obviously everybody's a wee bit anxious um, meeting new people for the first time and like so and out and you pick up on other people's energy as well, don't you? So if, if everybody's feeling anxious around you, you're going to feel a bit anxious. Then like after a while, obviously everyone was having a few drinks, um, and then 
like everybody just kind of eased into it. But if everybody had been sober, they would still have got to that point. It just takes a wee bit longer. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So just sorry. So just to return to that, that's mm-hmm. interesting because so was a sober when you say sober wedding. So no drink at the wedding. No, sorry. If it was, a, oh, if it no, was, it wasn't okay. a sober wedding. But if it had been, but the table you were at, uh-huh, is like, it would okay. have, like. And then at the end of the night, because like loads of people were absolutely steaming because it's that like you start knocking them back because you're feeling that anxious way, and before you know it, you're absolutely blazing. I think everyone, <laughs> the majority of people, the majority of people listening, if there is anyone out there, um, will be um, will be will be very much of the will be able to relate to that that uh-huh. whole thing about I, think... I get anxiety and then just going I put put just some I'm anxious here I'm going to get wrecked to get more uh-huh. comfortable which is complete facade artificial fake and yeah. neither you you yeah so it's like the whole uh, people say oh I need a drink I've had a bad day I need a drink um I'm I'm out socialising I need a drink I can I can tell you know nobody needs a drink yeah because it does not help any situation no. I mean you might want to have one you might want you know like but even you know, there's no this, I need a drink. The amount of times I'd said in front of my bairn, I need a drink. But just, that, that probably upsets me more than anything about this whole drinking thing is that my daughter, up until she was 13, 14, heard me say, I need a drink. I didn't need a drink. Yeah. You know, but, and like I said earlier, I didn't blame MD apart from myself on what how much I was drinking. The media will make you think that mum needs a drink to look after their mm-hmm. bairns. Yeah. Mummy needs a gin. Mum needs a wine o'clock. It's, you know, it's wine o'clock, it's gin o'clock. But that's just bullshit. When you've got kids... And you've got a hangover. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> the worst to chuck kids into a hangover, you know? No. So this, I no, need like... a drink. I can't. The, something we said in the car earlier, you know, people not going to an event because it was too far away and they couldn't. They didn't want to drive because they couldn't have a drink, you know? People are cancelling on events because they can't have drinks mm-hmm. and it just... And so I used what? to do that. Yeah, so did I. I used to do oh, that yes, as well. I'm that's... not going, I can't drink. I'm just not mm-hmm. going to bother. I'll just sit in the house mm-hmm. instead of going out because you can't have a drink. You've alluded to the media a couple of times and then we'll just come on to the final part. Thanks very much by the interview about Sober Buzz Scotland itself. But you've alluded to the... So you put, you put a lot of the... For want of a better word, blame at the media's door then? The media's... I don't know if I would say blame, but I think they're enabling. Yeah. Um, I think that it seems absolutely normal for... Well, at the moment, a, a great example is um, the coronavirus that's going around. There's yep. memes everywhere. It'll not happen in Scotland because we'll just drink ourselves. You know, alcohol kills it and all the rest of it. You know? yeah. It's like, baby, baby, baby. There's a um, there's a really good podcast that's by Irish guys and they say, the only thing sad at an Irish funeral is somebody that's not drinking. Yeah. It's this Irish-Scottish culture that, you know, that you have to have a drink. This is what we do. Um, I think there's, I think there's still every card, every greetings card that you get, eh, for women, eh, um, have a glass of fizz, it's your birthday, you know, all this, this stuff, when Scotland's got a huge problem, like you said earlier, whether it's cocaine or mental health issues, yep. and the biggest depressant is alcohol, mm-hmm. and yet it's everywhere we go, eh, and, and one thing to add, we've been speaking about recently as well, is that alcohol's always the last place people are willing to look, so they'll be speaking yes, about, oh, yes. I've got this anxiety, I've got brain fog, I feel it hellish, I think I'm depressed, but they they're drinking the all the time. They mm-hmm. won't look at... The elephant in the room. Uh-huh. That's a great point, eh? No, like, that is it's a great the point. last place people are willing to look is their drinking habits. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah, no, that is. It's almost as if, it's almost as if everyone subconsciously alcohol's greatest defender. Uh-huh. Drink, well, drinkers are certain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not the drink. No. Uh, uh, that is, no, I definitely agree with that, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, regards now, as I said to you before we started, World's Your Oyster regards us, so there's so many different angles you can, can go off in. Um, so, where, what's next? What do you, sorry, what do you, what's going on currently? How has it so, evolved and what's next? Right, 
So at the moment we are, we're like an online and offline community. So what we are doing is we're building a community for um, people that are in the kind of grey area drinking zone yep. that want to change their relationship with alcohol. So we run monthly events in Edinburgh and Glasgow um, and they tend to be like, we have someone speaking at them, sharing their story for a wee bit of inspiration. Um, and it's just a chance to meet like-minded people. Like when I first stopped drinking, I went to A or went to CA actually with um, a family member and I just didn't feel like it was for me. Um, so we're trying to create something for people that are in the middle, in the grey area. They're not a mod like every now and again drinker, but they're not a stereotypical alcoholic addict either. Um, we are doing coaching as well. So we've got a coaching programme um, yep. whereby we are getting women at the moment to commit to 100 days of sobriety. And it's just, we're put, the way that we're putting it to them is that it's an experiment for them to see if alcohol is getting in their way. So how do you feel now that you're not drinking? Yep. Um, is it getting in the way of you reaching your um, Can I just best potential? Tapping it in that. So we're, we're over 50 days with these women at right. the moment, which has been incredible. And Really good idea, that. Uh, the language that they're using, isn't it? They're mm-hmm. in control, they feel comfortable, they're happy with who they are, um, they, they like who they are. Mm-hmm. It's, isn't it just amazing yeah. to hear people who aren't us? Obviously, we're, you know, we sing from the rooftops about our sobriety, but to hear these people that thought they couldn't stop drinking or they couldn't socialise, yeah. and it ranges from, I think we've got a girl at 24, and we've got people in, have we got somebody about 40 or something, up to that end, mm-hmm. and they're all seeing the same. They're all, they've all reached the point where they're like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe how great yeah. my life is. And we say like 100 days because a lot of people do a month off it, like dry January or sober October. But once you get to the end of the four weeks, like it's beyond that that you start to yeah, really feel how good, like yeah. that's when you start to feel good. It's after the four weeks. Mm. A habit so, forming, I think. So habit forming is 90 days mm. as well. Yeah. A habit to form. Uh-huh. And then who knows, you know, obviously what um, the women decide to do after it um, is, up to them but the whole point is that they'll always have this to look back on and, and the, us as well uh-huh. mm-hmm. and exactly the support in the community mm-hmm. um that there just isn't anywhere else at the moment and i'd like to touch on that as a community we want to build we, yeah. want, we want people to feel proud i want when i say to somebody i don't drink and not to be a problem we want to get to a stage where people aren't embarrassed people are embarrassed to say they don't drink imagine okay. yeah, being embarrassed mm-hmm. imagine being embarrassed to say i'm looking after my mental health imagine being embarrassed to say i've taken a really strong decision to be the best person i can be so we want to support that we were talking about stigma in another context earlier on but mm-hmm. there's definitely stigma around if you yeah. don't drink yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> <laughs> I know. like that like the reason we're laughing is because it's everywhere we go uh-huh. Everywhere we go, there is a huge stigma. This almost to the point that this, I know discrimination is a big word, but mm-hmm. people there's a, an el- I was, I was thinking about um, um, one of my best pals said the other day. I one of my best. You might not like this, but that, but that's just what people think. Well, I've heard it. I don't. I, I don't you can't trust people that. You yes, can't trust people yes. That yes. We but do you know why that, that is though? People say that. Sorry to your friends if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, <Jim. laughs> I mean, oh shit. <laughs> Get up, you. Yeah. Like I, like we used to say things like that mm, as well. And the problem don't. is, and I know this from experience, like with my brother. Like when someone, when you're around someone that's not drinking, it makes you think about your own drinking. So it shines a light on what you're doing, and that's why people don't like it, because it gets them thinking about what they're doing. When everyone's in it together, you can just be like, right, cool, uh, we're in it together. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But as soon as someone goes, hold on a minute, this isn't like I don't, I'm not doing this anymore. 
then it's like everyone else has to have well they don't have to but if there is any to go back can I go back to the very beginning when I posted I was six months sober you know that was that was terrifying because I knew that there would be that whole oh my god what's up with her what must something must have really bad happened you there must be something and there was a bit of that you know but then eventually people start messaging you privately and saying oh thank goodness because that's what I want to do but it's because of people like your friend who say there must be there must be <laughs> sorry Jim yes I do but because of people like Love your you friend or, or, there's, but there's loads of folks saying this Tony do you know, loads of, but because of that people are people are sh- are hiding away terrified to say I'm not feeling great. This isn't working for me. There's a bigger, more serious point to it, you know, where people think, I can't stop drinking because folk are going to think there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. When um, I didn't tell my closest girlfriends, I told for ages and ages, I said, when I've got a stomach upset, I have to just cut yeah. alcohol. So they'd been with me when I'd had my baby, when I got divorced, all, all these ma- major life events. I, yeah, I couldn't go to my closest girlfriends. My mental health's absolutely knackered. I have to stop this. Because it's just no seen as the done thing. Mm-hmm. Or it is, oh my God. And people have said to me that don't know me, rant, like, that I've got talking to, what happened? Well, something, <laughs> did something really bad happen? Yep. Well, I, I just wanted to look after myself a bit better. You know, this is... But there is that whole... What? Even my dad, have a gin. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we... we 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 are questioning people who are doing the biggest thing in self-love and self-care that they can do by saying, my mental health's no great, so I'm going to cut the suit. Didn't trust that person. I know. <laughs> oh, come I on. Know. No, they're definitely as a stigma, no, no doubt about it. Uh-huh. In the future, I mean, I, I'll need to get along to one of your events. Please yeah, do, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've got one on then, at the end of March at the Arches. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I would, I'm just thinking, um, I'll try and get along to that, but post as well in the group. Post yeah. Edgy mm-hmm. group and stuff because yeah. that's nearly 3,000 members. So. Yeah, no, can I, can I just say one thing because I know that it's, it's parents and stuff that listen to this as well. Aye. I think if I could have one thing that came from us is what's your narrative around alcohol with your kids? Yeah. Um, things that you think are very throwaway. I know I have said that before but it's because I'm very, very passionate about it. Is this, I need a drink. You know, mum needs a drink, dad needs a drink or, you know, I've had a stressful day, I need a drink. Really maybe just start saying to yourself, is that the language you want to be using around your kids? Because... You know, it it isn't it, it a cure-all, it isn't a crutch to make things better. Um, and I, I think, think as well, even being able to, like, if your kids are watching you and you say that you, like, you're sitting being all quiet or you won't get up to dance at things because you've not had a drink, mm. like, it's these kind of things as well. Um, well, I was listening to Brene Brown, I don't know if you've heard of her, I'm a bit obsessed with her, she's amazing, but she's got a book out I B-R-E-N-E. Uh, Brown and she's got a book out called Daring Greatly and what she says is that like from everything that we know about parenting methods the biggest indicator of how your children will be as an adult is how you are as an adult just now so it doesn't matter what you do with them it's like they're just watching you as an adult Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah it's been like kind of just aware of the message that you're sending to them around these things it, it's funny you say that because I was with somebody I was with a girl last night and she said that I, she works in a shop she works in McCall's and she was just making a simple point of the because I, I asked the question do you still do remember the old fashioned ticking you know if the, yeah, gra- yeah. If the gran would send the son down uh-huh. the gran would send the grandson yeah. down and say I'll just put it for my, it's for my gran and say yeah. I'll pay as next, and she, she's asking if you pay next week mm-hmm. says no we don't do that anymore though. No, those days are gone type thing but she says but what does happen is that the grandson will just Whereas she was going to get the fags for the gran. You know, they'll go in and get the fags once they hit, as soon as they hit the age uh-huh. of being able to smoke, you know. So it's, it's, it's definitely, of course, yeah. you know, you, you are, uh, you, yes, you, you become nature or nurture, I suppose, yep. definitely nurture, isn't it? And no, I, I think as well, like, for us, like, like when we were growing up, like, um, 
it never once occurred to me that it was a choice. Like, it was just something that mm. I would do yeah. when I had a certain age. Like, mm. I couldn't wait to do it because it's so glamorised as a child. Like, yep. it's just, like, the done thing. You yeah. just, you everybody, don't think... Every, everybody done it. Uh-huh. Yeah, Is this something, like, that I have a choice about? Mm-hmm. You don't even question it. You just do it because mm-hmm. it's so ingrained in our culture. Listen, it's been really, really, really interesting. Thank you very, very much. Um, Thank you. I think, I please post anything. Please share in the group. Yeah. The Educamus group. Um... Also, I suppose this is as good a t- well. This is definitely as good a time as any to mention. Obviously, there's going to be. I know I've mentioned on Educamus page about the food and clothes drive that's coming up, but that's going to tie in with Maureen's Foundation, which will be getting launched, and it will just be Maureen's Foundation for the vulnerable. So tying in with that, and tying in with this podcast, and if you've got any concerns, any issues regarding your relationship with alcohol, drugs, or anything, and or it doesn't even just need to be that. But please get in touch with us. We've got um, we've obviously got the Sober Buzz Scotland team here, and we also have Tony's Safe Place in Cumbernauld, um, that we're going to begin doing some work with. Um, Tony Rice, rest in peace, was a young man who took his own life, um, and we're going to be going to do a wee bit of work with those guys as well. So listen, Maureen's Foundation for the Vulnerable. If there's anything at all, please do get in touch, and we'll we'll, we'll do all we can to help you. But Leanne and Kirsty, thank you very thank very you. much. Thanks for having us. Thank you thank so much. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Brilliant. interview aims to inspire, motivate the youth of today for the days of tomorrow.